A reimagined book expo has opened in New York's Javits Convention Center, welcoming book industry professionals and this weekend, the book reading public. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Veterans of the nation's largest trade book show are training themselves to use the shortened Book Expo name only after organizers dropped America earlier this year. Where has that left the show in national and global terms? It's a good question for Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, who joins me now in the Book Expo press room. And Andrew, welcome back to Beyond the Book. Greetings, Chris. Good to see you here in New York. Indeed, it's always nice to be in New York in the springtime, and we will get to Book Expo in just a moment, but we are returning to our regular Friday program after a week off for Memorial Day, and we have to catch up on a number of things. Let's start, though, down the road in Washington, D.C., where President Trump has released his latest budget proposal, and it is once again rallying the book business. So tell me more about that. That's right. On May 23rd, the president released his most recent 2018 federal budget blueprint, in which he renewed his bid to eliminate the National Endowment for the Arts and the National Endowment for the Humanities, as well as the Institute of Museum and Library Services and virtually all federal library funding. This, of course, is not a surprise, and they follow Trump's initial March 16th budget proposal, in which he also zeroed out federal funding for the arts and libraries. You know, And we've been hearing about his so-called skinny budget since January. Still, our listeners might recall that in the most recent budget deal for 2017, which Trump signed on May 5th, those agencies actually received small budget increases for the remainder of this fiscal year. And that raised, I think, very slim hopes that maybe our wildest dreams, I should say, that the president might change course and restore funding for 2018. 2017 budget, remember, expires on September 30th. But alas, uh, no such luck. And the budget battle continues. Well, and when it comes to budgets and many other things, the president can propose, but it is Congress that will dispose. And so the real budget power remains with the House and the Senate. And you have some insight into what they may be thinking up on the Hill, courtesy of the American Library Association. Yeah, that's right. Trump's proposal, as you say, is just advice, and Congress will eventually decide what to fund or defund in the budget. Uh, and Trump's proposal has certainly uh, had a tough reception from both sides of the aisle so far. On the right, it's been sort of a sale for its fuzzy math and a reported $2 trillion math there. What's a trillion dollars here or there, right? And on the left, uh, from what they're calling basically cruel cuts, uh, in addition to cutting arts and library funding, it basically shreds the social safety net and also proposes deep tax cuts for corporations and the wealthy, which is really not a good look and not a look that even the GOP seems to be very uh, fond of right now. Uh, but in terms of libraries, yes, the ALA uh, reported to me this week that well over a third of the House has signed an ALA Dear Appropriator letter pledging support for full library funding, and more than 45 senators have signed on, uh, and many more who have yet to sign have actually su- signaled their intention to support full library funding. So Congress clearly appears to be lining up on the side of libraries in this fight, but it is shaping up to be a rather brutal budget battle in the fall, so stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned, because in a moment, Andrew Albanese returns with a look at Book Expo 2017, what's happening inside the Javits, and what may be happening soon outside the Javits. For Beyond the Book, I'm Christopher Keneally. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. 
Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book and in New York City at the Javits Center for Book Expo with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly. And so uh, this year there have been changes uh, uh, for the show, uh, some of them very significant, um, but things look a little familiar because uh, the, the floor is open and the usual activity is going on. Yeah, so far so good. We still have most of the show to get through, but you know, it still feels like Book Expo, right? You know, I think there was a consensus for years that the show needed some kind of a makeover for the digital age. And one of the key things organizers at Book Expo kept hearing was that we needed to bring in the public. Now, for years, publishers and professional clients here at Book Expo, uh, while acknowledging that their own organizations really needed to amp up their direct-to-consumer game, were leery of having the public at the show, and, and you can understand why. Uh, the traffic would be intense, and you know, you, it would be tough to do business, I think. So the show is now split into this two-day fair for professionals and, of course, BookCon, which is the consumer side over the weekend. In a word, I think the organizers are trying to right-size the professional event. Now, we hear from librarians and booksellers that the show is as important as ever and maybe even better now that the show is even more focused on their business. But is this going to work? We'll see. Uh, next week, we'll have a much better sense of how this year's Book Expo went. But to me, walking around, it's still Book Expo. Indeed, it is still Book Expo, but there is a noticeable decline in the attendance uh, from the international visitors who were always a part of the show. Uh, there is no special guest this year for a country. And indeed, many uh, from uh, outside the U.S., North America, have said, what's the show mean to them anymore? And so into that breach is Stepping Publishers Weekly, which is launching the the New York Rights Fair, together with the Bologna Book Fair, a very well-known book fair focusing on children's books. And and that effort was unveiled here this week, so tell us more. Yeah, well, now it's just this week at the show. Uh, the New York Rights Fair will be held on May 30th to June 1st, 2018 at the Metropolitan Pavilion here in Midtown Manhattan. And the fair really grew out of, you know, like I said, the right-sizing of Book Expo. And in some ways, Basically, Book Expo is still a draw for international publishers. Many, many of them come, but there was increasingly little attention paid uh, to that part of the industry at Book Expo, you know, especially as the show began to pivot. So coming to New York... It's the epicenter of the book publishing industry. It remains important. So PW with the Bologna Book Fair stepped in, as you say. And you know, I should stress that the, the rights fair is going to be complementary with Book Expo and not competitive. It is the first trade and licensing show here in the U.S. and is uh, being envisioned as sort of a 360-degree fair covering both international rights, distribution, and licensing content for adult and children's. But it's not going to be a U.S.-centric show. It's going to embody the sort of global village mentality, uh, and it's going to try to embrace cultural initiatives like the Read Russia initiative and the brilliant French initiative Shoot the Book. You know, we've, we've already secured participation from a number of territories and industries, including Hollywood, co-agents from around the world and the essential community of scouts. The New York Rights Fair is going to draw independent producers and companies, uh, which is particularly important in this age of Netflix and Amazon, Showtime, HBO, etc. And one of our key goals here is going to be for the New York Rights Fair to increase the number of American translated works. So, a massive, very exciting undertaking, uh, but the reception has been pretty great so far. We had a massive cocktail party, over 250 people, uh, as well as a dinner here this week, and the feedback there was really, really great. Everyone's very excited. And I would just say this, you know, 
Ask yourself, if you had a chance to design a new rights fair for the 21st century publishing world from the ground up, what would it look like? And that's the challenge we have, and that is also the really exciting part of what lays ahead. So stay tuned here as well. Much more to come. Well, thank you, Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly Senior Writer, for joining me today on Beyond the Book. And with that global perspective, I should add merci beaucoup and danke schön as well. Andrew, good to see you. My pleasure, as always. Coming next on Beyond the Book, the arrival of the annual Global eBook Report, an ongoing project from Vienna-based publishing consultant Ruta Gobishenbart, is an opportunity to filter through conflicting storylines to understand better the current fortunes of the new century's fundamental format. As Wishenbart sees it, eBooks are more than just a new format. They have ushered in an entirely new way of looking at the publishing industry. The real key is that suddenly ebooks connect directly the authors and the readers. And that changes dramatically the role of the publisher. That changes the role of all the in-betweens, the booksellers, uh, everybody else. So suddenly everybody is involved directly in an interactive exchange in the network. Rudiger Bischenbart and the 2017 Global eBook Report, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 